Hi guys, welcome to Tea with Mike, episode 35. Uh, with us today is Ian. Uh, so today's uh, tea fact is uh, Lipton Tea Factory in Jebel Ali in Dubai produces 5 billion, yes, billion uh, tea bags a year. And that comes from uh, teahow.com. So welcome to the show, Ian. Thanks for having us on, Mike. Pleasure to be here today, uh, having a, a nice cup of tea, a wee brew with you. Excellent. Uh, what are you drinking today? Uh, I thought it was Scottish Blend I had in the cupboard, but no, it's uh, Tesco's finest Stockwell, um, so Tesco's own brand tea bags. Um, generally speaking, I do normally have a coffee. I've, in the last two years, I've shifted more to a coffee, um, kind of hot drinks, beverage diet, usually a mocha. Um, but no, certainly a, a wee cup of tea, because for me at the moment, you know, it's nine o'clock over there, it's four o'clock in the afternoon here, so it's... It's not the type of day that you sit drinking coffee. Uh, and what's the weather like today in Scotland? Cold. I mean, I know it's been cold in America. I know that you're in Canada, so it's even colder yeah. there. But it's uh, we get a different cold. So it goes down to like one degrees, three degrees. But because of the, the, the kind of moisture that comes off the Atlantic, as you yeah. might remember from your day, yeah. it's, it's just yeah, it's I've a, been it's a proper yeah. to the bone chill. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely coming into winter. Awesome. Awesome. So do you want to start today's episode by telling uh, the audience that they'll be watching this uh, later date about you? So I'm a 31-year-old divorce, dad of two, want to be entrepreneur, want to be happy type guy. Um, I've spent the last couple of years trying new things, putting myself out there, going into new environments, trying different work situations, trying different, um, meeting new different people, um, engaging with a lot of people online on social media, especially because it's a, it's a very big world, but a very small world nowadays. You know, you have the ability to communicate with people from all different walks of life, backgrounds. And yeah, I'm, at the moment in my life, I'm just very much a, I, I, what a lot of people tend to do is they follow a set path in life, you know, from their 20s to 30s, yeah. they go down the education route, they find their job, they build in their career, then in their 30s they, they look to settle down, start a family. I started that when I was 19. 19 I had my first kids, got married, at, uh, bought the house at 20, got married at 21, um, got divorced at, or separated at 28, and I got to my 29th year and I, I, I thought, I want to have a fun year, I want to I want to do something different. I wanted to do what I'd done when I was 19. So first thing I went and done was a, a ski season in the Austrian Alps. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, was, it was bizarre. It was, you know, eye-opening to live in another part of the world as you've done yourself. You know, it's you, 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 you go somewhere else, you learn a new culture. So often it's a different language. So the petty français, I know in Canada there's a lot of French speakers as well. Yes, correct. Um, but nine was spraking with Oisha, so my German's absolutely terrible, and there was Italians and. It's good. <laughs> oh, it's, it, Europe is a is a phenomenal content uh, continent. You know, you've got so many different cultures, languages, all kind of blended in together. So, yeah, I felt really, really privileged to to have the opportunity to get out of my bubble and go and see other parts of the world, how other things worked, how other experiences had, and that's kind of left me to starting my own plans of beginning my own business and, and very much following that journey of self-learning, self-learning, self-discovery, self-awareness. Awesome, man. So, uh, so when you were in uh, 
us for your wee, do you ski? Um, I skied for a day. Um, first time I was ever on a mountain when I was 16, I was on a set of skis. And if you ever ski, the first thing they teach you is you've got um, chips pizza, chips pizza. So if you want to slow down, you go to pizza, right? What I didn't realise, if you're going really fast, because like, I just got quite confident, I was like, this is, this is great, right? So I was going really fast, and I went, right, need to slow down now. So I went to the pizza, where I should have done a parallel. Um, <laughs> so the pizza very, very much became like that. My legs went akimbo, I stunned the splits, I ended up hitting a rock in the groin, swore never to put on a set of skis again. So I have a similar story. Uh, um, so, so so I went skiing just uh, just the once. Like we we had a we had an instructor. It was just like a super little like slope and stuff, little pool thing to pull you up to the top and stuff. So my sister and my, and my dad they were they were fairly fairly good, good at it. But my sister especially she, she, she she's quite athletic and stuff. I on the other hand I have terrible hand-eye coordination and balance, which are two critical things for uh, winter spots and skiing. So, so, so I'm, I, I, I'm going up and I'm, I'm almost like I'm kind of drunk. I'm stumbling around, kind of getting there, you know, going this way, this way. Then the instructor, because they're teaching, right? They're, they're like, stop. So, I'm like, so I do something similar to what you do. Totally. Uh, it does not work, does it? It's not as easy so- as it looks. So I start losing my balance. I overshoot. I nearly take out, nearly take out my sister. I end up in like the orange netting off to the the, the side, literally, and like it almost like the, the, the splits, which is fairly unco- like comfortable. And I'm like, don't think this is for me. <laughs> I mean, what I did take away from the the experience of that first time up in a, a, um, a ski town in Scotland called Ek, uh, was. I love being in the mountains. The 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 views, the the freedom, the it's just a spectacular environment. So I moved on to a snowboard because ultimately my thinking is your feet are planked onto one piece. You you can't yes, go a Kimball, you can't do the splits. Um so yeah, since that I've obviously it's just been I've you know, done a lot of my snowboarding through my schooling years. Um went obviously to America a couple of times. Uh, went to pretty much every ski resort in Scotland as well. Um, all the way kind of through my adult life, just you know, weekends away, like they, yeah. doing a drive up. You know, we're quite lucky here in Scotland. The the mountains are quite accessible from Glasgow within you know two and a half, three hours drive usually. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, it's very much weather dependent though, so I, I would definitely not recommend anyone book a hot ski holiday to Scotland because <laughs> you do not know if the road's going to be open, if the snow's going to be there, if it's going to be stormbound. It's just you've got to go. Right, I've got 48 hours. Can I go? Yes, let's let's do it. Um, Europe, on the other hand, it's very different. Like it's, yeah, it's very it's different. French Alps, guaranteed. Whereas yeah, yeah. So and and that was brilliant. Just to you know, I was I was working as a chalet driver, which I would describe as being the second coolest job on the the the, the mountains behind a ski instructor, because um, you got to know everybody and meet everyone. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was really unique and. The Charlie, um, Charlie Berhouse had won uh, Best Charlie in Austria three years in the trot for oh, the, wow. the year that I'd been there. So it was a, a, a place where the other half lived. It was spectacular. So just to experience that lifestyle and just get a chance to meet some of the you know CEOs of big, massive companies and just have that oh, conversation yeah. with them about how they... And I think that's, that's the thing I would take away. If you're going to take away anything from, from this conversation today, have a chat, just send an email, pick up the phone, drop a text, you know, make that connection, speak to the people that have done it, lived it, they appreciate it, they, they want to 
share their story, they want to share their journey. Um, and yeah, the insight you can get off the back of that is is absolutely mind blowing. Some of the, the conversations you have. So oh, so so, so you just met them because they're on vacation, like chill. At first, yeah, when I was because I, I very much as I said when I was twenty nine, twenty nine was supposed to be the fun year, and then from yeah. thirty, settle down, go serious. Um, so yeah, but, but that was at the age of twenty nine. I'd done two movies that year, done the the season in the Alps. I went back to being a because I was thinking when I was happiest at work as well, I was um, being a, 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 a bar work when I was younger. So oh, yeah. I ended up going to work in Hard Rock Cafe, um, oh, yeah. where cocktails, being in the, the bowels of the city centre. Very quickly realised I'm a bit old for this, um, and then started putting myself through courses. So very much most of my working career has been spent on a, a BTC level, which is uh, business to customer. Um, in the last kind of 18 months, I've really focused on going B2B, business to business. And that gets you an opportunity to speak to business owners, you know, from small shop owners to multinational companies. Um, and yeah, just obviously the having that experience of just listening to them, engaging with them. You've got to learn the skills as well. Like I, I'm quite, my working career first started at Sky, my first proper, well, Hilton was my first job at 16. Um, 19, I went to start working for Sky. It's a uh, part That's of... Cool. Like, like Fox, yeah, it was it was good. It was seven years I was there, um, and I worked in the retentions department. And I don't know if you have heard of the word retention. It's not a lot of people understand it, but it's the most important aspect of any business. That's your uh, your customer loss. So oh. my job was people would call up to cancel their Sky services, and it was my job to say no, that's not <laughs> happening. Didn't obviously say it that way. It was much more a profile-led conversation, taking the customer through a journey, why did it come to the first place? And But then learning different skills. So books, good book that I read as well at the time, um, manager called Scott Spears that taught me it, or told me to read it, was uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP. Um, and it just gives you, it's very much, if you've heard of uh, Dern Brown, uh, Dern, Dern Brown, the um, illusionist from the UK, uh, he's got a couple of Netflix shows on. And that's very much the principle he follows, which is planting a seed, leading a conversation, making someone think they've come to the decision themselves, but in actual fact, you've, you've yeah. left it there. So very much like, for example, the way you started the show today, Mike, you know, it was like, I would have a coffee, but it's tea with Mike, so it's got to be a cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Awesome, man. Yeah, interesting. That's cool. So, so let's take it back a little bit. When did you first become interested in the whole concept of creating your own content? Why did you get started in it? That sort of area. So I've I've always been quite a visual person, um, and that kind of actually ties right back into NLP. You've got visual, kinesthetic, auditory. Um, I'm very much a not flamboyant, but I, I use express with my hands. I like Outgoing, to. Outgoing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put put put. Yeah. Out there. So I'm, I'm often, I like I, so I'd often take videos, and especially when I was going through, um, just a whole way through my life, I'd taken videos at random moments and saved them. And I think it's always, it's always like, it's the modern era of having a diary, you know, taking, you know, sitting in front of your camera, having a wee conversation. Not something you need to put out on a social media or share with friends or family, but just for yourself to have that conversation with you and then look back on it a year, three years, six years down the line and go, that's where I was, this is where I am now. Where I am now. Um, but yeah, so at the time, the you know, taking videos on the snowboard, I sent you a video, if you want to edit that in at some point in this bit of the conversation, 
would be brilliant. Uh, got to give a shout out. Let me get the the actual page details up here on my phone. Um, because it was it was a video that I'd you know taken nearly three years ago. Um, but it was. I'll, um, I'll, 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 was it the one that you sent me? It's the one I said. Yeah, it was social I, media I, I, PA I like um, Aroba that put that together for us, and it's just a beautiful edit. And it yeah. Co- kind of explained and that's sort of I've had these videos sitting on my phone I've shared them on my Facebooks and places before but that's the first time I've had something like processed and put together and packaged really nice and oh, I was I was cheering watching it I was like I remember that I remember that I was I was there it was yeah it was great um so videos like that um on a mountain brilliant um since I got back to Scotland one of the things that I have been extremely passionate about is uh, Scottish independence now I'm Scottish you're English. My grumbles are not with the English, it's with Westminster, it's with the political systems, it's Scotland and England that I've discovered in the last, in my upbringing, they've, they've become very separate countries. So I'm a member of the Scottish National Party. Uh, I signed up for my membership actually on the 19th of September 2014, which was the day after the independence referendum that we lost. Um, I felt I had to do that because it was they were going to be the party that were going to speak for Scotland. We were going to, and listen, at that point it was very much it was the ideology of right, let's make the, the best of this. Let's keep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, eighteen months later, we had that wee thing called Brexit, which um, we're still dealing with um, and it hasn't been sorted out. So it's uh, and in that time we've had Tory-led austerity. We've got all sorts of social injustices happening across. The wrong people getting blamed as well for it. So um, I've been very, especially the last 18 months, been more proactive on promoting the agenda of Scottish independence, working with a few different Facebook groups, putting together a panel show where we talk about Scottish politics and we we try to bring in all sides of the argument mm. conversation and and just allow the, the you know people to have that space to to talk about it because it's and have a have a debated here all sides of the perspective of course yeah because that, that, this is sure. part of life is is you know the, there's three things you should ever talk about in, in the uk religion football and politics um and we end up usually touching all three we maybe stay away from religion on, on the shows <laughs> yeah. um but no it's it's you, you've got to everything you see online even to the extent this video that you'll see now will be edited it will then be concepted it then be put out in a way that suits the the creator, it's very much the same with anything that comes from BBC or CNN or Fox News. It's it's not fake news. It's processed news. Um, so I'm very much the ideology of taking as much information as you can, listen to the people, listen to the arguments, listen to the conversations. Um, and yeah, so one of the things I love doing, especially, is I've, I've been going out doing the independence marches. The, the first ever time I was politically active was to go out again and walk against the Iraq war of 2002. I remember walking out of the school at the time and walking down to the council offices to protest and at the start of the protest half the school walked out into the bus car park and of that half then started walking to the council offices and maybe 50 of us made it to the council offices by the time people didn't want to continue it and all that. So that was, that was my first ever time being politically activism active um done my first independence march in glasgow just over 18 months ago and i just took my phone out and started recording it and what people were watching engaging with it um very much 90 percent on the pro yes it's great for scotland couple unionists oh you, you know we've had this to be we've had this conversation but 
that's part of you know life. It's like you know we we live in a democracy. We live in the, you know this society where we can have these conversations. We can look to change things. People can change their minds. Um, so Scottish independence, so much as uh, I think it's now on the the agenda, and it's it's nothing to do with what I've been doing video wise. I, I don't want to say I've I've, I've led the Scotland to independence. I think the Tories have done a much better job of that <laughs> with the way the politics have gone. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just. It, if you find a niche that you're good at with content creating, if you want to, and it's it's very much the, the Gary Vee mantra, you know, content, 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 yeah, yeah. consistency, um, keep doing the same thing. Also trial and error, you know, try things, see mm, if they work, sure. see if they don't work, see how they land. Um, and yeah, just, you know, try new things, just experiment with life a wee bit, life's for because living to enjoy. Yeah, because that, that's important, because when you look back in a few years, you'll be like, oh, remember this and that and that and that and that oh wow i did this oh why didn't i do this too you know because the brain changes over time and circumstances mm-hmm. and experience right definitely so so if i'm correct you're part of uh, rhino media group was part of rhino media group rhino media group what are they yeah um effectively was working with them up until this week um, I'm looking at a, a kind of job to go to Switzerland. I'm really wanting to kind of get back into the, because the, the business that I'm working on, my, my baby, if you like, is Alba Provision. Um, and trying to get Alba Provision off the ground has been really difficult, simply due to the fact that, one, I've not had the experience. I'm, I'm starting something from absolutely nothing, you know, and it's working out. You know, I found it in the last, especially last two years, it's been more about pouring the, the foundations which requires a lot of cement, a lot of digging, a lot of planning, yes. where you can start to even lay the first bricks to build up. Um, and it's my customer base is, you know, point to this map, that's where I am here in Glasgow. Don't know if that goes right up there, right? There you go. Um, my customer base is in Austria, which is here. So realistically, it's not it's not a short journey that I've got to look <laughs> at. My customers are 1,300 miles away. So I'm working with um, suppliers in Scotland that, you know, because... One of the things that I did, when, and this is where the kind of the whole idea of the business came from, when I was working in Austria and working in this luxury ski market, there wasn't any, it wasn't even luxury Scottish products, there was just no Scottish product. Oh, really? Because um, yeah, Scotland has was, very, like, quality, like, whiskey and all Whiskey, salmon, gin, um, there's then a whole range of other things from shellfish. Uh, there's a, a company called the Scottish, the, the wee tea company, that make really bespoke teas that are, are made and produced in Scotland. Some of them are grown in Scotland, some of them are plants grown in other parts of the world and then brought to Scotland for processing. So, yeah, there, there's all sorts of wonderful, our food and drink sector is phenomenal here. Um, and yeah, certainly in Austria, it was, it was, all, it was all Norwegian salmon. Um, and Scotland is a, a much higher quality product. So, but to get things like that, get written to market, getting, you know, well, even like people, when you're speaking to the CEOs that, was, you know, that I've been talking about, trying to get them to buy into the plan it's like i can see you're going with that but that's not really what you're doing too much you're doing this it's, it's like yeah i have been doing too much but it's so effectively my route to market is whiskey but the problem with my route to market is, is brexit i don't know what my trading relationship is going to be from you, you know so it's you, you can't factor a, a costed business plan without knowing that that info so but that's given me the, the kind of the buffer zone in my life to take this opportunity to learn work through the process and at the end of the day it's life is for living it's a we're, we're in it for the long haul um 
I think there's still be plenty of time to get our provision off the ground. But what I have been doing with it very much is is doing a lot of social media support. So and, and rather than putting myself, because I went to college when I was younger, when I was working for Hilton, um, I went and done an HND in hospitality management. And the thing that I found personal with myself about college was I learned in the first nine months of college what I learned in the first three days working in the industry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in a nutshell, it's like, you, you, it's, there's a lot of things you can go to uni to learn specific details on, but I'm very much a trial and error kind of guy. Like, let's get my hands dirty, hands let's on. see how yeah. this works. And that, that's, from a, that's, how that's how I learned best as well. Um, so for me, education, I thought about going down back into university because one of the things that we have in Scotland is a free university opportunities. Yes. So you can go and you can you can you can study without the, the fear of the, the actual burden of it. For me it's the fear of the projects and the assessments. That <laughs> really puts me off going to do it. Um because I'd rather I just spend the time getting my hands dirty and yeah, trying things and seeing how it works out. So um yeah it's it's one of these things that you've got to set out a plan, do a list, work out where you want to be set. I've got a 10-year goal, a 20-year goal, uh, you know, and at the moment I'm pretty much, I would say I'm probably about 18 months behind in my, my three-year target goal, but it's that's to be expected. The way it goes sometimes, right? Of course, no, nothing nothing happens overnight. Nothing comes straight off the bat. So, sometimes it's, you, you get lucky, you get the right the right opportunity, it's the right place, right time. Very much karma, you know. It's just, you yes. know, you have to take every opportunity you can and just understand that sometimes they're, they're not going to work out. Sometimes they're, and that's, for me, that's where Rhino came in, you know, because there's, I feel for 10 years, between the ages of 19 and 29, I worked for two companies, basically, Sky and uh, DPD. Yeah. And then since then, I've been like 12 different workplaces. But it's just been because I've never been sacked from a job. But I've, I've went and went, no, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to do yeah. it. I tell you, I actually, I was sacked from uh, DPD one time because what I'd done was I left a parcel in the cab of my van and I didn't lock the cab and the parcel got lifted. So I phoned up the depot, explained what happened, went back to the depot, called the police, made a police report, police took a statement, um, got told when I got back to the depot that I got listen, we're, we're trying to sort it out, um, but what you'll have to do is don't come in first thing in the morning, um, we'll, we'll let you know what's, what's happening. Uh, the next day they phoned me at half past 10 to say, um, listen, you've, um, security is not going to pass you off. You've, you've breached the T's and C's. Your franchise has been terminated. So come back, hand the van back, hand the uniform back. So I've done that. And then I got home and I sat home that day and I started, basically started to, to work out my CV, where I was going to go next. And uh, I thought, no, I, I, do you know I'm going to write an email. So I wrote an email to the CEO of um, a DPD oh, yeah. and explained my DPG journey because I'd only started working for the, this company in August and this was now kind of March time. So I'd done the peak period. So I told them how in my first peak I'd managed to do 183 deliveries and got 181 of them off and the challenges I'd had and how much the journey. Then I'd explained what had happened, why my franchise had been terminated. I said, listen, the only reason I'm writing this to you is because I never felt I had the opportunity to explain this to anyone I, you know it was i was told reported it dismissed that was it there was no other processing mm -hmm. so i sent that email it got sent away about half past nine that night um and i got a phone call at a, well i got a phone call from the depot manager the next day about half nine to say you've got your franchise back come come in and oh, pick wow. up your van uniform so i got the job back and um, the ceo had actually 
contacted Depot about five in the morning that day, said, get this boy's job back. Um, so listen, as I said, that, so that's that's one time I was sat, I was, I was sat for 36 hours. So it was, um, yeah, you know, we all make we all make mistakes in the workplace. Don't oh, be afraid of mistakes. You've got to learn from them. Um, but certainly don't always be held accountable for every single mistake you make. There, there, there's, you've got to learn from it, embrace it, accept the consequences. Um, but if you don't agree with the consequences, make sure that you you, you follow up on it because sometimes you, you might get your job back. So, okay, so what did that, that, that prompts this question. So what did that experience, uh, like what lessons did it teach you and how have you kind of applied that to other things you've done? It, it basically taught me especially don't leave a, a parcel in the front of your cabin wall that was the, <laughs> that was the first thing no, rule number one don't do that again which the only reason i've done it was because someone had had I'd done a collection and two of the parcels had stuck together so i'm like oh that's going to tear apart i'll put it in the cabin so i can fix it and then but and, and this is the situation with dpt time was it was an hour delivery window so you were very much delivery driven like focus so you you if you started to fall into your delivery like out with the hour um, you were not delivering the service, so it, there was a lot, there was different pressures. There's pressures in all sorts of workplaces. Um, so yeah, it was just a case of making sure that you know don't leave parcels in front of the van. Um, but no, that was probably my first ever time like properly speaking to a CEO at a, at a CEO level, and that was like getting a response. Like that was like wow, that was so. That's what I've learned from that is the people that run businesses and are the CEOs, are, they're human beings. They they, they buy oh, for sure. people, yeah. they miss people. Um, so don't be afraid to, to have that conversation with them. If you've, uh, I've seen stories online where lassies have messaged um, fashion designers and asked for a coffee, and they've had a chance to have a 45-minute coffee, being left an email, and you know, just, you've got to get that experience, listen to these people firsthand, and uh, take take with it, from it what you will. Uh, but no, they they, they are they're. Interesting. They're an interesting breed of people, business owners and CEOs, because they do. They have so many burdens on top of them that you, you would never comprehend. Um, you think it'd be easy to be rich and run a successful business, but there's there's a lot. There's of lots of, they've made lots of mistakes yeah. on their journey to where they've got to for sure. Yeah, I mean, think about entrepreneurials as as a off a bat. Um, you only hear about the successful ones. You know, the the the, the Lord Sugars, uh, the um, Elon Musk's, the Richard Branson. Branson, Bill Gates, um, a really interesting one I've seen about Bill Gates recently was he pitched the idea of Microsoft to about 1,200 people. Of that, 300 expressed some sort of interest, the other 900 just didn't listen to him. Of the 300 gave interest, 85 of the, them followed up. Um, 50 of them kind of came back to him with serious proposals. And it was 11 individuals that then actually managed to take him from that plan to being a billionaire and getting Microsoft off the ground and running. So it's, it's crazy. Know, a lot of people, you know, and you think if that, that could have been this conversation here that's listening to, that people are going, nah, I'm tuning out of that, I'm ignoring it. But it's that could have been Bill Gates. I'm not trying to put myself in a bracket with him. Um, yeah, no. bracket with Elon Musk, but that's the, 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 these. You see the success, but you you see the the tip of the iceberg. You don't see all the shite below it. Everything no. that everyone goes through, the the cold nights in the house, the tins of beans and a, a, a bit of stale bread. <laughs> you know, there's there's rough times, there's hard times. Oh, sure, yeah. 
I think Elon Musk talked about it one time that he, when he when he sold um, what was it the company that he sold initially to get him with all his, his money, which was PayPal. When he sold PayPal, he invested into Tesla, invested into SpaceX, invested into Solar City, um, and he didn't have enough money for his rent, so he had to borrow money off of Half to pay for his rent. It's like he just sold a sixty million pound business. It's like, you know, it's it's, it's ridiculous. It's it, but that's. And that's part of the you know the, the entrepreneurial mindset is it's just do 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 and then oh there's a knock on consequence you know yeah for sure so 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 as we kind of move towards uh, kind of 2020 what what's on the radar so um, we've got a general election in the UK on the 12th of December um, if you are watching the UK both SNP in Scotland. I would recommend voting Labour in the rest of the UK. Um, d- never trust a Tory. The Tories are bad. They're, 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 you know, just look at Boris Johnson. He's like our version of Trump. You know, it's uh, but he's more childish. He's, I, 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 yeah, I, I do not do not have any time for that man whatsoever, or any Tory to be honest with you. Um, twenty twenty, um, Nicola Sturgeon is going to hopefully hold a first, a second Scottish independence referendum. Um, she has to do what's called a Section 30 request order, which is actually she, the Scottish Parliament has to ask the Westminster Parliament for permission to hold a referendum. Oh, that's She's done that crazy. twice. It is, but it's it's the way that the devolved government works. It's you know it's I'm trying to compare it to you know the American or a Canadian system. It's all you know it's states, but states are independently run, but then government rise. But yeah, it's very complicated in the United States, federal and provincial, and each each like. Like equivalent of province of states, and yeah, a lot of different levels. Even and even from within that state, each city can then have its own separate bylaws and rules and legislation. So the world is pretty world, complicated. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that that's and I actually watched in Austria the first time she put through a section fair to order, and the conversations that you had with your 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 because obviously you, you work with lots of seas in there, so lots of phenomenal people, and they're like, oh, what are you going to do? A lot of people are going to do summer seasons. A lot of people go back to family. I said at the time, I'm going to go back and work on the, the Scottish independence campaign. Um, so the People's Doorstep referendum, been working on that for 15 months. That's where I do most of my political chats. Um, got a few politicians due to come and speak to us as well in the next um, the next couple of weeks. We've had awesome. this on paper. So lots of really good guests on that. So if you do want to follow that, um, I'm sure we'll get a link put into the description. Absolutely, man. Doorstep referendum. Um, so yeah, that'll be ultimately 2020 plan making sure scotland becomes independent um and then just continuing to graph the alba provision uh, will be the so yeah i'm currently working on that providing social media support so if you are a content creator if you're a business owner if you don't know the first thing about a facebook paid ad or sponsored ad it's there's lots of junk there's lot i can i help out with the kind of analytics i'm very much a numbers guy i understand yeah, numbers, yeah. what these things work so I'm doing that actively at the moment um, while I get the, the funding to get to market and go back to the Alps and sell some some whiskey, salmon and gin and tablet and macaroon and Scottish tea. Awesome. And on salmon, gin, macaroons, whiskey and tea and all of the above. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and we'll definitely uh, keep talking and, and build a connection and learn about more about each other and cool projects both parties are doing thanks for your time today ian and guys guys speak to you soon cheers bye and and guys this was uh two with mike episode 35 uh
make sure you watch it. 